When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are talking number two on the top 25 most interesting fantasy basketball players. And it is the man who is uh, holding out on the Philadelphia 76ers. It's James Harden. What is going to happen to him this season? Let's talk about it. Let's go! Jordan, open. Chicago with the lead. talking about G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And today, like we said, we're going to number two in the top 25 most interesting fantasy basketball players, and it is James Harden for all of the wrong reasons. He is someone that uh, obviously... News swirling about him demanding a trade in the offseason, saying that he would never play for Daryl Morey ever again, and that he is a liar, and that he will never, ever play for him ever again. Um, so this is the fallout, and for fantasy basketball purposes, it leaves us in a very, very difficult situation in terms of how do we value this player, how much is he going to play this season, where will he play this season, and what kind of a player is he going to be if he plays for Philadelphia or if he plays for the Clippers or if he plays for Chicago or something like that? It is uh, one of the more difficult situations for anyone to have any kind of educated analysis. But we're going to try our best today uh, and ask the question or answer the question, where should you draft James Harden? At what point is it a you know a spot in your draft that you can consider to take him in your in your league? And uh, when is the risk worth that we've talked about a few risky players already? Uh, here's another one for very different reasons. So let's get stuck into it. We're talking James Harden. And uh, we'll start by just, again, talking about what he did last season and what kind of player he is. And, and he's a very, very good fantasy basketball player. This man was the number one fantasy basketball player for several seasons um, back in his prime in Houston. He's still a really good fantasy basketball player. Um, and again, he's 34 years old. His ADP, I'd imagine, is all over the place. And again, the closer we get to actual draft weekend, which is happening right now, um, these ADPs 
might mean very little, but at the moment on Yahoo, he's going at 30.1. ESPN, 46.2. On Fantrax, he's going at 20.1. Last season, he played 58 games. He played nearly 37 minutes per game. He was the 16th ranked player on nine category leagues. He was the 11th player in minus one, so he was a first rounder when it came to head, head-to-head rankings. He was the 12th player when it came to Yahoo Standard Points Leagues as well. So James Harden clearly is still a great fantasy basketball player. Elite in assists, great in free throw percentage. He's a good three-point shooter. He gets you uh, steals. He still scores decently. Uh, solid rebounder and a and a block uh, guy for a point guard eligible player. Um, obviously, terrible uh, turnovers and the f- field goal percentage is at a big or a decent negative as well. Although it's on fewer attempts than it has been in the past, but. The biggest thing here is, well, we know what James Harden can be, what he has been, and obviously he's been a really, really good fantasy basketball player, but in terms of how we evaluate him this season, what the biggest thing is going to be is, okay, what is the risk? And and I still think there's a very b- decent question of what is the potential upside because we can look at these numbers and we can say, okay, last season he was a top 20 guy or he was a first-round player in a minus-one setting and go, okay, I'm risking it for a player that is that. But is he is he that type of player in any situation? Is he that type of player this season, another year older, um, you know, 34 years old, with all the things that have happened to him and his shortcomings in the playoffs and his style of play, are we getting to the end of teams allowing James Harden to be the James Harden that he has been? And that's where a lot of my concern comes into the place on top of the fact that obviously you've got the risk of him holding out and not playing many games or if he does play for Philly, playing like a, you know, uh, a spoiled child having a tantrum or something like that. I, there's so many things that are, are so many variables that I find it very difficult. And obviously, you're going to listen to this podcast and sort of you know get my thoughts on it. But in all honesty, I have no idea how to value James Harden, and I don't think anyone really does. And um, if if that doesn't help you, you want to switch off this podcast now? Sure, fine, go ahead, be my guest because I'm just being honest. I have absolutely no idea how to value James Harden because I have no idea what's going to happen, where he's going to go, or how long this is going to going to hold out. There is obviously a point in the draft or you know a dollar value in the auction that he is going to be an extreme value, and it could be a league winning move. But to identify where that is is you're throwing darts at a dartboard at this point. We don't have any idea. Um, and I just think that this is going to be quite ugly, definitely to start the season. But I'm not sure exactly how long it's going to last or how how much into the season it's going to go for. I think it, I think it will depend as well on how well or poorly Philadelphia are going as well. Remember when we talked about the, the Ben Simmons drama, like Philadelphia, you know, started the season... You know, okay, like they weren't they weren't horrible. They were they were in and amongst the playoff picture, so there was no urgency to trade a Ben Simmons. I think a scenario like that for James Harden could play out if the Philadelphia Seventies come out and they're garbage and they're losing games and they're you know well outside of the playoff picture after the first month. Well, then they're going to want to trade him and get something back and and you know 
bring harmony to the team. If they're going okay, well, then there's no rush. Like, it's, it's the regular season, and, you know, as long as they make the playoffs, I think that's the, the mindset that they're, they're going to have. So let's talk about what he actually averaged last season. So last season, he averaged 21 points, 2.8 threes, 6.1 rebounds per game, 10.7 assists. I believe that led the league in assists uh, for the entire NBA, 1.2 steals, Half a block per game, 44% from the field, 86.7 from the free throw line. And again, that is on a decent amount of attempts, 6.7 attempts per game. He averaged also 24.8 usage. So this is where I also want to just uh, for today's show, just stop and pause and take a highlight for what we've been doing in terms of, or what James Harden has been doing over the past several seasons in terms of his usage. Now, for James Harden, usage is a lot. It's not everything because... We've seen over the past few seasons in Philadelphia that he's, and ever since he joined Brooklyn as well, he's become a lot more of a facilitator and a primary point guard versus a few seasons ago when he was in Houston. He was still obviously a really good assist guy, but not quite the 10-plus assist player that he's been when he's been playing next to other superstars such as Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. So the assist numbers aren't quite captured in the usage, but I do want to go through his past five seasons to have a look at what his usage has been trending down towards. Um, and I think that this, again, is another way to illustrate my concern for him in terms of how we view him or how NBA teams are beginning and have been viewing him over the past few seasons. So if we go all the way back to 1819, uh, the 18-19 season in Houston, he had a monstrous 40.5% usage. And that was his season that he just went absolutely crazy and averaged 36 points, uh, nearly five threes, seven and a half assists, uh, got to the free throw line 11 times, put up you know 25 shots a game, five turnovers. It was an absolute monster season. He was number one in the NBA in fantasy that season. The next season, again, same thing, 34 points, 36.2% usage. Huge, huge numbers uh, in usage in Houston. But then he goes to Brooklyn. Obviously, in Brooklyn, joining Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, that usage took a sizable hit, down to 28.5%. But then again, when he went to Philly, you would think going from like a Kevin Durant to Kyrie Irving situation to Joel Embiid that maybe the usage comes back up. Now, mind you, in Brooklyn, I don't know if there was many games where all three of those players were playing together. So that's one thing to take into consideration as well. But in Philly, he went down to 26.9% usage and then last season down again to 24.8% usage. So his usage has declined every single season over the past five seasons. And what I think that I'm taking out of this is, yes, he's joining different situations and there's different things going on. But what I want to highlight is the overarching kind of theme that James Harden basketball is not winning basketball. And it's not the type of basketball that I think contending NBA teams at least now are starting to go, well, how much value does this player actually bring my franchise? Yes, he's good. He's talented. He's, you know... He can win some regular season games and he can go off. But but if a team is actually trying to contend for an NBA title, is this a player that we want on our roster? Is this the kind of culture that we want to bring onto our team? And I think, I mean, you're talking about Terrence Mann holding up trade discussions when you're talking about trading to the Clippers. This is not a player that is valued across the NBA. And I'm... And that that is a two-part, you know, um, hurt for fantasy basketball. Number one... If he's not valued across the NBA, no team is going to be in a rush to trade for him. 
And the Clippers are not going to be in a rush to trade him because they're not getting much back. So it increases the risk and the duration that James Harden is going to be holding out if he's refusing to play for the 76ers. So if the trend and the, the, the market value for James Harden is at an all-time low, well, then it's less likely he's going to be traded, decreasing his value for our fantasy teams. Number two is if he goes to an NBA team on a different on a different roster, well, they're probably trading for him and going to not give up much, first of all. Number two, they're probably going to want him to play a very different style of basketball or at least a toned-down style of basketball again. So I'm expecting, again, this trend to continue. So going from 24.8% usage, maybe it goes down to 22 or 23% usage. Maybe the ball isn't in his hands as much. If he goes to the Clippers, for example... And all they have to do is give up Terrence Mann, and you've got Russell Westbrook, you've got uh, Paul George, you've got Kawhi Leonard on that team. Like, there is not enough ball to go around. Now, I know he played next to Joel Embiid last year, who had an insane usage as well, but you replace him with two guys, three guys that also have an elevated usage and like the ball in their hands, and the Clippers are going to definitely want the ball in Kawhi Leonard's and Paul George's hands. It, It just... The situation is not better, it's worse, in my opinion. So there are also um, the upside that we may be sort of um, selling ourselves on when we're trying to draft James Harden of this guy who, again, was top 20 last season in 9-cat. I don't think that that's a realistic upside for us to think James Harden is. So if you're drafting him in in the second round, uh, I think that that's personally a, a big mistake because I think you're selling yourself on an upside that may not be there this season. Um, now, it, it's a possibility. 100% it's a possibility. But just in the way that I'm looking at things and the way that I'm reading through the tea leaves and and um, you know thinking that teams are going to want to play him and, and how they're going to evaluate him, I don't know if that upside is there and the risk is gigantic. Um, in terms of like what do we expect him to do this season, there's a few different scenarios. So the, the main three scenarios I see for James Harden is the first one is the, the rosy scenario. This is the best case scenario for fantasy basketball managers that they call his bluff and he doesn't want to lose money, so he comes back into Philly and he plays. And he plays in Philly, he doesn't miss many games, and that's that. And you know maybe they look to trade him at the trade deadline. He tries to rehab his trade value by actually showing up and playing. Now, in that scenario, even that scenario has got a few different ways to go. It could, it could be, I'm rocking up so I don't get fined. Um, you put me on the court, I'm going to play at... 70% and it's Harden, you know, you know, bitching and moaning and sort of like carrying on and just sort of, you know, going through the motions and sort of actively not caring about what happens to this team and, and the results. That's the first. And, and then it's the second scenario, which I think is extremely unlikely at this point, is that he comes out and he plays, you know, 100% James Harden in Philadelphia. Based on what's being said, based on the way this has all gone down, I think that is an extremely unlikely scenario to happen. Um, but, I mean, maybe it's a 0.1% chance. Uh, we can't rule it out completely. The second scenario is that, obviously, the holdout happens, and he's out for a month, two months, three months, four months, like to the trade deadline. Um, we don't know. Maybe it's a week. Maybe it's two weeks. I am bracing for the fact that this is going to be a longer holdout than we would like because of the fact that his market value across the NBA seems to be at an all-time low. And like we said, if Terrence Mann is the reason that you know the Clippers are not wanting to trade him, 
I can totally understand Philadelphia going, you know, we'll stuff you. Like, we'll wait and someone else is going to come out along and someone else is going to give us something more because, like, that... To, to trade a player like James Harder for Terrence Mann and like a first round pick, it, it doesn't it doesn't really move the needle very much, does it? So I'm I'm starting to brace for a longer holdout. I think this could go for months, not weeks. Um, but again, that is total speculation on my part. I I have no inside sources. I have no idea. I know as much as you guys probably do, but that is my gut feel that it's going to take a longer time rather than a shorter time. The third scenario is these traders. I put the Clippers here, but it could be somewhere else. I think the Clippers are obviously the ones that are in the you know forefront of the news. If he's traded to the Clippers, like I said, I think that's a downturn to his value. I think best case scenario, he returns maybe third round value in a situation like that. He's still going to be a positive contributor in assists, um, threes, free throw percentage. But maybe if we view him more as like a, you know, slightly better Darius Garland type of player. So obviously, a player like Garland is obviously a big uh, contributor in the assist category. Average 21.6 points, 2.4 threes, 7.8 assists per game. And he was 47th last year. Now, the difference might be that James Harden gets more rebounds um, and maybe gets some more block shots. You could say that, but again, I'd be kind of viewing that scenario as kind of the the value uh, sort of comparison of a James Harden is like a Darius Garland type kind of type. Um, So again, that's probably what, like a third, fourth round player. So you can kind of see where I'm going with the options with James Harden. I am almost completely out on him. This is also to me, and again, this, I'll leave this up to you guys, but I think that this is also a very emotional uh, decision as well, because at the end of the day, in my, like in my experience, fantasy basketball is supposed to be fun. And drafting a player like James Harden, to me, now you might have a different opinion, but drafting a player like James Harden, to me, is not a fun way to play fantasy basketball, hoping that he's traded, uh, you know, all these kind of things. And even when he is out there, I don't love watching him play. I don't like the way he goes about, um, you know, like I have a lot of strong opinions about him requesting a trade and demanding a trade and the way he's gone about it, you know, several times. Um, Look, get your money, do your thing, that whatever. But just in terms of the way that I like to play fantasy basketball, I like to watch basketball and watch the NBA. To me, it's not a very enjoyable experience. I think you're risking a lot if you're taking him within the first three rounds because, again, the opportunity cost, the um, other options around him just are not that much worse, even in the you know best-case scenario for James Harden. And they just come with significantly less risk. And in terms of the headache and the ability to then go ahead and construct your fantasy basketball team in the rest of your draft, I think I value that much more strongly than, or maybe I'm getting a guy that averages 10 assists and and, and whatever. I just think that there are other ways that you can win fantasy basketball than going with a player like James Harden and making him fit this build and getting all this quote-unquote value. Remember, in my opinion, at the end of the day, it's all about team build. It's all about, you know, we talk about rankings and things like that. It's about making sure that your team makes sense. And I think that there's just a whole lot of other ways that you can go about making your fantasy basketball team. Like if you if you don't have James Harden on your team and you don't get him at like in the 40s or whatever, you can still win. I don't think that this is a, you know, if the person who drafts him at, you know, pick 45 and then he plays in two weeks. Like, that doesn't mean that that team is, you know, unbeatable. Look, it's a significant advantage and it helps them. 
But I could still beat that team if I've constructed the rest of my roster well. I've got other value in other spots. I've got other sleepers and things like that. So to me, I think that the upside and the ability for him to be a quote-unquote league winner at the ranges at which he is going, to me, is quite low. So I don't think that I'd be even considering James Harden until the fourth round, personally, in standard snake uh, drafts. Even then, it would have to fit exactly what I'm looking for. A lot of the times, I'm building up my assists early in drafts. So by the time I get to my fourth round, I'm looking for some bigs and things like that. So for me personally, I'm trying to just look for other things in in my drafts. I haven't got him in any single draft so far. But there is obviously always a scenario, always a point in which the upside makes sense for the risk. But to me, compared to where he is going, and again, it's a wide range, that is a very unlikely thing for me to be drafting this season. But again, at the end of the day, I, I am just absolutely spitballing here. I have no idea. You can, uh, you know, however you want to play your league and however you want, you want to go about your fantasy basketball experience is up to you. Uh, but those are just my thoughts. It also will depend on how competitive your league is, how much, uh, you know, is at stake financially or whatever like that. Uh, you know, is your league more just about having fun? Is it high stakes cash leagues or anything like that? You know, can you hide him on your bench in a, in a roto format? Um, do you, is he, you know, if he's holding out, is he eligible for your IR plus position? Is he not? I think there's just so many different factors that giving a blank statement of where he should be drafted in fantasy basketball is, is very tough. And I think misleading in most situations. So to me, for the most part, as a general blanket statement, I don't think I'd be considering him before round four. But there is so much leeway between there. And I think just in general, I'm fairly out on James Harden. I do not foresee uh, a pleasant experience for anyone who drafts James Harden this season. And uh, for that reason, uh, I'm just generally out. So he is at number two for all the wrong reasons. It's very interesting. It's very fascinating. uh, But not one that I necessarily want to be following a long time this season uh, with some vested interest in him for my fantasy basketball team. Now, we are talking tomorrow about the number one most interesting player in the fantasy basketball community. And you can probably guess who it is. But... Do you have him on any of your fantasy basketball teams? And how high are you willing to reach for the alien? Yes, Victor Wembenyamba will be the number one player discussed tomorrow. But what is he going to do this season? How much should we value him? We'll talk about it tomorrow. See you then. Bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.